0: Greetings, this is Missionary Evangelist Ronnie Casillas, and you're tuning in to Sounding Out to the Nations. Here at the start of the year, I want to share a message with you on the church and um, how uh, we are to be a house on fire, and in order to be a house on fire, we have to uh, lean on the marvelous cross of Jesus Christ. So I've titled my message today, The Marvelous Cross. Ephesians three twenty-two through twenty-four. We're going to read from today. It says that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on, um, put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I heard about two foreigners who had just landed in New York and rented a room in the top story of a hotel. Mike was very sleepy and and uh, he threw himself on the bed and was soon asleep. The sights were so new and strange to his companion, whose name is Pat, that he sat at the window looking out at the lights and at the traffic below. and. Um, Soon a fire alarm sounded, and a fire truck rushed by with sparks of fire and clouds of smoke. This greatly excited Pat, who called to his comrade to get up and come to the window, but Mike was fast asleep. Another engine soon followed the first, spouting smoke and fire like the former truck. Pat rushed excitedly to Mike's bedside, and shaking his friend, he called loudly, ''Mike, Mike!'' wake up they're moving hell and two loads have already gone by (laughs) oh we want to be a house on fire folks god is calling his church to be on fire for him you look at these spiritual giants like martin luther uh, who called the church back to a gospel which emphasized grace rather than works john wycliffe and william tyndale who, against the wishes of the church, produced the Bible and the language of the people. William Wilberforce fought the evil ravages of the institution of slavery. Hudson Taylor, great missionary, he adopted the customs and culture of the people to whom he was a missionary. He converted people to Jesus and not to a Western culture. He changed the focus of foreign missions forever. Men like John and, and Charles Wesley, Charles Finney and Spurgeon, they called upon their churches to reform. They called the church to revival. They woke the world with their fiery preaching. In fact, Martin Luther once said, the ice of human nature had frozen things over in his day. The ice of human nature had frozen things over in his day. See, the word of God is like fire cast on the earth. For the word of God comes whenever it comes to change and to renew the world around us. These men were all... Consider troublemakers in their day because of the message, the hard message that they preached. It was a call to holiness and a, and fire, a call to surrender and sacrifice. God wants his house on fire and the presence of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, uh, in the midst Of the church. To be very present. I believe he's the ever overflowing presence of God. The Holy Spirit. And three things are needed to make an impact in our culture. The first thing that is needed is a crucifixion. See we must meditate on a cross. We must put our eyes on Jesus. uh, Suspended between heaven and earth. Redeeming mankind once and for all. See the first need to start a fire is wood. So we were given a cross. The cross was God's grandest hour. His hour. His hour of glory. See, John chapter 12 verse 23 says, The hour has come that the Son of God should be glorified. From the human standpoint, it was everything but glorious. It was glorious. It was an, to usher in your glory and mine, the glory of the church. We're talking today about a house on fire and the marvelous cross of Jesus Christ. This hour was in focus before the creation of the world. We read in three verses, Revelation 3.8 says, The Lamb of God, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1.4 Says according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. First Peter one twenty says was foreordained before the foundation of the world. See the hour was in focus before the creation of the world, and the this hour was in focus at the fall of Adam and Eve. Even there at creation in the Garden of Eden. Bible says in Genesis three fifteen, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. God was pointed pointing to the coming of the Messiah and guaranteed victory. First John 3 8 says for this purpose <coughs> excuse me For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. See, God had his eye on this hour from the beginning of time. It was the hour of power, the hour of glory, the hour of victory. See, when God called Abraham, he said, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. It was God's, God's hour of glory when God called Abraham. It was also God's hour of glory at the incarnation God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, Galatians tells us. This hour will be in focus for all of eternity future, folks. In Revelation 5, 9, it says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and every tongue and people and nation. See, the first thing needed to have the church on fire is the cross. All that has happened in the past focuses on this hour. The hour of power, the hour of victory, the hour of glory. All that is to transpire in the future stems from this hour. The heart of God's plan is Calvary. He came for this hour. He came to die. All we have and ever hope to receive is based on what took place at this time. Uh, during what we call his grandest hour his crucifixion the hour of power amen so we needed the cross in order to be a house on fire in order for the church to be focused on on the the destiny God has charted out for the church which is to go into all the world and make disciples Um, in order to do that we have to be a church that's focused on the cross of Jesus Christ. And so three things are needed to make an impact in our culture. The first is the crucifixion. The second is consecration. See, the second thing needed to be a house on fire is consecration. Ephesians 3, 22 and 24, we read, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which which was corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Several words we will look at in this text or passage. The old man is said to be corrupt, to be shriveled, to be spoiled, to be ruined, to be depraved, to be defiled, to be destroyed, or perished. The old man means all of these words. The word corrupt means according to deceit. It's corrupt. Delusion, deceivableness. That, that the fallen nature uh, of God is in mind here with this word corrupt. And the word lust is also mentioned in that scripture. It, the word lust means a longing for what is forbidden, desire or craving. In the text we read... That we are to put off the old man. The word means to cast off, to lay aside, to renounce, to abandon forever. Putting off from his seat. We do allow, you know, have you noticed that? That we do allow the old man to rule over our passions, our thoughts, and our plans if he's left unchecked. Showing no regard to Jesus' rule and dominion. But a clean break with sin is needed once and for all. Too many of us procrastinate. We wait. Too many of us never make a clean break with sin and the sinful nature. Listen to Romans 8.10. It says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit of life because of righteousness. Verse 11 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body, um, By his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, verse 12, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. I read this um, about um, the Parkinson disease. before I share that, that I read, there was a man in the Old Testament who never made a clean break with sin and the world. That man, of course, was Lot. He was vexed by sin. He was vexed vexed by the turmoil of, of, of uh, uh, that existed in Sodom and Gomorrah. And that man was Lot, of course, in Genesis chapter 13. Uh, but many Christians are suffering from the Parkinson disease, not Parkinson's, but Park in sin disease. It's kind of um, uh, deadly spiritual disease characterized by losing of spiritual senses and spiritual feelings. Here are the following symptoms of this disease, and I'm reading from from a, a clip that I. Uh, uh, uploaded. It says, Headache or hard-headedness and disobedience, dizziness of unbelief, pa- palpitating rebellious heart, the loss of spiritual senses, the frequent vomiting of bad words and curses, malnourished from healthy spiritual foods. The said disease is not, the hard, not that hard to cure. In fact, All it needs are some natural remedy that can be easily found in the spiritual kingdom. That's pretty cute, I thought. But there's an immediate cure. It doesn't leave leave us there. That's the park in sin disease. Uh, The immediate cure, there's a one-time immunization of Jesus medicine. One time only. Three megabytes or milligrams of daily prayer. The higher the dosage, the better. There's no overdose whatsoever. Three milligrams of faith. The higher the dosage, again, the better it is. This will really boost your spiritual body's immune system. Then there's, um, uh, in this immediate cure, there is also 66 capsules prescribed of Bible books. And there's a warning that goes with it. The disease may become fatal if it remains untreated for a period of time. For those who have seriously affected by, who are, have been seriously affected by the disease, a spiritual operation of deliverance might be needed. But we put things off, folks. I, I've noticed that that we put things off. We uh, are too quick to procrastinate when it comes to. Uh, deliverance from sin. In fact, I heard a preacher once say that he uh, was praying for somebody at the altar and he just felt that this person had a spirit of procrastination and he shouted at the spirit taking authority over him. He said, Satan, I bind you and I curse your works against this young man here. Spirit of procrastination, come out of him right now. And a voice from within answered in just a minute. <laughs> it was a spirit of procrastination. Uh, but I've noticed we put things off, folks. Uh, consecration is needed. Personal holiness is required. If we're to be on house, house on fire, we have to act now. Now, and what better time than at the beginning of the year? Three things are needed to make an impact on our culture. The first is the crucifixion. The second is the consecration. The third is the commitment. Commitment. Nineteen times we read Jesus say the words, Follow me. The first he says in Matthew 4.19, And he says unto them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Carry your cross and follow me. In Matthew 4.19, He says to them, Follow me. See, the Jew used the word follow me uh, to speak of being dead, it, to convey an idea very clear to the mind, to show that a thing had no influence over them. Jesus was telling them here that the world, the law, and sin should have no influence, no control over them, that they were free from them, from the effects of the law, the sin, and, um, and the world. And, of course, Satan also, that they were to live and act as though they were not attached. I remember going to the Philippines a couple of years ago. I've gone several times. I'm about to go on another trip in May, um, taking my son, my oldest son, with me. And and an evangelist from another church is also going to... travel with us but I remember two years ago going to this small church of about 250 people and this place was packed we were having a three-day revival and on the first night of revival um, I began to preach and I, I noticed that uh, in my spirit I felt that God told me to leave my notes aside and just to preach about the cross and how the cross delivers a person from hell from eternity in hell, and so, so I preached from Isaiah 53. Um, I had no notes, and I was kind of nervous about it, but uh, as I began to preach, I realized that the front two rows were empty, and about 12 or 13 women were brought in, and they were sat right there at the front. Now this church had suffered much persecution much persecution it had been some 15 or 16 years since the church had opened and every single service uh was accompanied by rock throwing by the children and the teenagers uh from the community they would come and stand around the church now the church roof was made of tin so you can imagine the noise when a rock would hit the 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 uh, roof of the that church the the tin and uh sheets that were on there and uh, the pastor told me that for the last 15 years uh every sunday morning sunday night and wednesday night and friday night uh these kids had been casting rocks upon upon his um church building and then he says this to me and it kind of startled me he said don't be surprised pastor ronnie if on your way out you get stoned to death he was serious so i began to pray and then god gave me this message and i began to preach and um, they brought in these ladies and they sat in the front there was also a man that i noticed in the very back of the church right outside the building uh he there was an overflow area outside that sat about 50 or 60 people and um he was right at the edge near the doorway and he would stick his head out so that he could see what what i I was doing and hear what i was saying and and uh, when he noticed that i was looking at him he hide behind the wall and and but i kept preaching this message and and when i made the altar call for salvation that man never came up but the ladies that were ushered into the front two rows uh, they came up and they gave their life every single one of them gave their life to the lord they prayed the prayer of salvation i uh, encouraged them to be sincere and they and they were so sincere they were praying they were, stuff was coming out of their nose, and uh, their tears were flowing from their face down their cheeks to the floor. And, uh, I mean, they were having a serious encounter with the Lord. And, and so they got saved. And and uh, on my way out of the sanctuary, I was going down the middle aisle, and I noticed that man still sitting there behind uh, on the outside of the church building and and I felt the Lord speak to my heart and ex- to exhort him to tell him that if he did not receive the Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior that day that forever his name would be written on the walls of of hell Itself, And I said to him, I said, before you think I'm nuts or crazy, I said, the Bible tells us that Noah went into the ark. And it doesn't say that Noah or his sons closed the door. It says that God closed the door. God closed the door and nobody else could be saved. And so God closes the door on people, my friend. And so uh, that's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so... Anyway, I told him that, and the ushers had surrounded me to protect me from rocks that might be thrown at me on my way out. And so, I mean, I'm telling you, this was serious persecution that was going on in this church. And um, so they pushed me. When I when I told this man that, I, they pushed me and took me to the pastor's house, which was about 100 yards away from the building, and uh, they left me there. The pastor says, Pastor, I'm going to go and... Uh, lock the doors of the sanctuary and then I'm coming back and we'll have dinner I said all right so he went and he comes back a few minutes later maybe 10 minutes later and he's so excited about what has happened and and uh, he says to me he says pastor you're not going to believe what happened I said what happened he said look as I walked around the corner of the building I noticed the the man that you spoke that word to was still sitting on that chair he had his face in his hands and he was crying and crying and crying he said how do i receive this jesus that preacher was talking about and he received jesus christ as lord and savior and then the pastor tells me he says you're never gonna believe who those ladies were i said no who are they and he's he said they're the mothers of the children and the teenagers that have been throwing rocks for the last 15 years at our church building. And you're never going to guess who that man was. And I said, who was he? He said, well, he was the main organizer of all the persecution that's taken place in this town for the last 15 years. And I said, wow, the Lord sent a man from the United States to the Philippines to reach that man and those women but specifically that man, that was his last chance. Had I not obeyed God, had I not followed him, uh, that man would not be saved. That man would have his name written in hell today. Uh, very clear in my my spirit, I heard the Lord. And, and, you know, if it was up to me, I would never share a word like that to a person. It's kind of scary, especially in a foreign land. Uh, To say something to someone you don't even know or have never met, um, and it was evident wasn't even saved, kind of hard to do that and difficult. It's a challenge. So if it was up to me, I would never have done it. But I believed that God said to me, follow me. And God will say that in Matthew 16, 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We know Jesus was speaking here of total surrender and commitment. We know this from the following verse. Verse 25 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life shall for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In the context of this verse, we read that Jesus was speaking about his church. A church on fire. A church built on the rock. A church upon who the gates of hell shall not prevail. Here he talks about commitment. Commitment, The cross, consecration, a clean break with sin, and commitment God requires of the church to be a house in order to be a house on fire for him. I read once about Nathan Hill. Nathan Hill at age 25 was being hung for his patriotic stand of the American beliefs back in the early ages of our country. He was asked if he had anything to say before they hung him. He said, I regret that I have only one life to give for my country. As a Christian suffers and fights and faces challenges, he should also say, I regret that I have only one life to give for my Savior. His name is Jesus. Today I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the marvelous cross and the blood that was shed from your body for us, oh God, to have our sins paid for and our sins power broken, oh God thank you for that. Today I ask that you bless the listener, oh God, in a special way, that they, O oh God, would receive uh, this word, oh God, and just uh, be encouraged and inspired to sound out the word to the nations of the earth, to go ye into all the world and make disciples. I pray in Jesus' name, touch each and every person. Let the healing power of the cross of Jesus just come upon every listener to this program today, and to you be the glory